Hello, everybody, and welcome to Equity Global Markets Weekly Podcast, where we explore the major stories driving the financial markets. Today is Monday, the 1st of June, 2020, and I'm your host, Gaurav Kashyap, the head of futures at EGM Dubai. And as always, I'm joined by my colleague, Mark Lee, a senior trader operating out of the city of London. How are you doing today, Mark? Did you have a nice weekend? Gaurav, I did indeed. Not always the case, but we are enjoying some nice weather here in London. So that's making lockdown slightly more enjoyable. Glad to hear that. You have some sunshine over there in the UK. Uh, Mark, uh, looking back at the previous trading week um, and the US equity markets continued their stellar run, the Dow Jones index gained more than 4% to close the week above 25,500 levels. Now, folks, that's an 11-week high. Similarly, the NASDAQ and S&P 500 gained 2% and 3.6% respectively, with the latter closing above 3,000 for the first time since early March. The turnaround in U.S. equities has been remarkable, to say the least. Optimism around the potential of a vaccine, reopenings after extended lockdowns, and more particularly, the effects of the record stimulus introduced by the Federal Reserve have seen the S&P index, more properly known as U.S. 500 rule on equities platform, rally more than 30% since those March lows, bringing its losses on the year to only 5.8%. In fact, a recent survey by the Bank of America showed that the percentage of fund managers who deemed U.S. stocks as attractive has risen to its highest level in almost five years. A lot of this has to do with investors hunting for more attractive returns. So when you compare the U.S. 500's dividend yield at roughly 1.9%, this trumps the 0.65% on offer on the 10-year Treasury note. While the recent rally in U.S. equities is impressive, I myself am still guarded against the recent extended rally. In my opinion, we have no further clarity on the pandemic. The effects on the pandemic will only now start filtering into Q2 data releases, and those out of jobs is continuing to rise significantly in the US. And finally, one indicator that I've been following, more properly known as the Buffett indicator, suggests that the stock market is significantly overvalued. The Buffett indicator compares the total US stock market capitalization against the US GDP, and the current figure suggests that the total market index is at a staggering 144% of total U.S. GDP, which suggests an overheated stock market. And with several new themes forming this past May, perhaps we could see a larger correction on the cards. Now, Mark, not so much a new theme, but one we encountered extensively throughout 2019 is that of the U.S.-China trade wars. You had touched about this. You had touched upon this in our, our last podcast, and the story seems to be gaining momentum. What are we exactly seeing here? As you said, we've seen tension between the two boil back to the surface. Now, if we read the price action of equities, we can see that the extent of the COVID nineteen economic fallout has been priced in. Very resilient to poor data, etc. However, a fallout between the US and China has not been accounted for, not been priced in. And I think that's reflected in the sensitivity of markets to each and every headline. Only a few hours ago, Bloomberg reported that Chinese government officials have frozen the purchases of American farming goods. So that includes soybeans, which of course is a significant chunk of those US exports to China. So the economic impact on the US economy would be very damaging if that's proven to be true. From my perspective, I think there's two emerging aspects of this trade war post-pandemic outbreak. Short term, we've seen China recover faster than the rest of the global economy. And that's going to pull them ahead and advance them 
more so than other countries in 2020. And that's going to strengthen their position in this trade war and, of course, their negotiations with the US. However, long term, I think the pandemic could potentially change the entire dynamic of global trade. I think many will turn to a less stretched and interdependent global model, and they're going to turn closer to home to operate supply chains, especially companies on the larger end of the scale. I think they will sacrifice them short term profit maximization for long term risk reduction. And that's going to take away from China's role in the global economy. So it's something we have to be conscious of as we adjust post pandemic. Yes, Mark, the developments of this US-China theme will be most interesting to follow during the weeks ahead, and it'll only add to market volatility. Along with the story, listeners, there are a couple of key releases me and Mark are watching for this week. Early tomorrow morning, we have the Reserve Bank of Australia's rate decision, expected to be unchanged at 0.25%. Tuesday also sees the members of the UK Parliament return to the House of Commons, while across the pond, eight US states, along with Washington, D.C., will start to hold uh, primaries. We wrap up Tuesday with popular video conferencing tech company Zoom announcing their earnings. Wednesday sees the US ADP employment report due out at 12.15 GMT, followed by the Bank of Canada rate decision at 1400 GMT, expected to be unchanged at 0.25%. On Thursday, we wrap up the central bank with the ECB set to announce their interest rates expected unchanged at 0%. The ECB monetary policy statement is due up at 11.45 and we should expect to see some volatility filtering into the euro crosses. And finally, we wrap up the week on Friday with the headline U.S. non-farm payrolls report. Now, at the end of last week, U.S. unemployment claims surpassed 40 million. And while we do not expect to see losses to match April's 20 million print, expectations are for losses around 8 million during May, with the overall unemployment print to come in at just under 20%. Now, Mark, Mark, how are you perceiving this upcoming U.S. payrolls report? As you said, NFP Friday, the monumental figure for the global economy. And we're going to get a reading of May's labor market in the U.S. So the forecast is a month-on-month decline of 8.25 million jobs lost. And that's the number that the markets will react against. In my opinion, the key question is how many of these temporary layoffs will become permanent job losses? So here's my stance on the matter. I think there will have been a large chunk of companies that turn to furlough payments as an immediate reaction. Of course, this virus is a very unknown and complex situation. So many organizations will have granted furlough as a knee-jerk reaction. That knee-jerk reaction was, of course, made by many companies, and it was a very common theme. And companies will have been very resistant to burn bridges and lose skilled workers. So they will have been keen to see how this situation played out. I think it's fair to say that the extent of economic damage is far greater than the initial consensus predicted in March. And companies will now be feeling that strain more than ever. We've seen multi-billion dollar companies such as Hertz now filing for bankruptcy in recent weeks. So many of these initial furloughs will be turning into redundancies as time passes in this lockdown. Opposing that slightly pessimistic tone, We have witnessed jobless claims curtail of late. So over 41 million people have filed for unemployment in the last 10 weeks. But that week-on-week trend is really decreasing, which is a positive sign for markets. So let's see what Friday brings, Friday's NFP. And for all of our listeners, I'll be holding a live webinar over the release of that figure. So please join me for that, and hopefully we can identify a few trade ideas together. Very nice, Mark. So all things considered, what's your favorite trade this week then? I think we've seen money flee towards those risky assets and the dollar 
has weakened as a result. So I'm still long euro dollar. My stop is below that 110 handle. And I'm targeting a profit of one spot 14. So that's long euro dollar with a stop below 110 and a take profit at 114. Well, as for me, Mark, I continue to enjoy opportunities in gold. I'm going to continue playing in the current channel. I'm looking to build long positions between 1700 and 1710 with a stop loss at 1692. And I'm going to have a take profit at 1740 levels. Well, listeners, that's all we have time for this week. Thank you for your timely insights as always, Mark. And listeners, remember to tune in to Mark's very special live webinar taking place this Friday, the 5th of June at 12.15 GMT, while Mark will talk you through the U.S. non-farm payrolls reports. And of course, you can also always follow us on our social media to stay up to date with all these data releases as and when the news breaks. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you so much once again for all your time. And uh, Mark, would you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media? Yep. So my Twitter handle is at equity mark, equity with an I and mark with a K. Thank you to all of our listeners. And you can find me on Twitter at Gaurav K0619. And for all the latest market news and updates, do follow Equity Global Markets at equity underscore global and at FX Pesa Kenya. So guys, please get interacting. And if you send us your questions or topics, we'd be more than happy to go through them in future podcasts. Until next time, trade safe.